two, three. It's Cash Color Cannabis, a high level of conversation. This time, not in live Hip Hop Daily Studios. No, we are at the Urban Grow Media Studios, basically, which is my house. Uh, we're doing a Zoom interview today, man. I'm actually blessed to have a, an, a, an amazing new face. In it. Well, new face for me in the black cannabis space. Um, Omari Lee uh, with, new, with um, NY Cannameds. So um, I'm blessed to have my man on, online with me today, man. Omari, how you doing today? I'm doing well, man. How are you doing today? Bro, I'm doing good, man. You know, like you like you were saying earlier, just busy running around trying to um, maintain maintain the empire, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, man. So let's get into it, man. So first off, um, for those who don't know, who is Omari Lee? Um, well, I am a young African American male mm-hmm. from Queens, New York, right. born and raised. Um, you know, I got into the cannabis space about two years ago. Um, you know, I went to South Carolina State University. I didn't graduate. I started a nonprofit organization when I was young, like 17, helped throw the basketball tournaments in uh, Woodside Houses. Um, You know, I do a lot of positive work in my community um, and try to help, you know, a lot of people of color as well. Yeah. You know what, growing up in Queens, man, that that had to have been an inspiring place, you know, especially coming up with, you know, growing up, I'm a a 90s baby myself, really, you know what I'm saying? So I know about the Nazis of the world, the whole Queensbridge, it's all that, man. It must have been dope just growing up with that vibe. Yeah, I love 50 Cent. That's like my, uh, <laughs> he's like, when you think about Queens, like, you know, Nas is that, that smooth Queens. You know, yeah. you, you, you got to have the smoothness with you. But, you know, as a black man, you know, in the world, you got to have that, that 50 Cent edge. You know what I mean? Okay, that's what's up, man. All right, so talk to us. Well, let's get into what NY Cannamaz is, man. Um, discuss us how NY Cannamaz came to be. So uh, basically about, you know, two years ago, um, I had took a course, you know, just randomly. I'm like searching online, looking up medical marijuana because I knew something was going to happen in the city, Mm. but I just didn't know. So I wound up looking uh, up a course to uh, on the answerpage.com where physicians can take it to uh, certify people to, to, for medical marijuana certifications. Yeah. So um, I wound up taking this course about two years ago, but I didn't read the fine print, which is really funny. The fine print says that you have to be a physician um, or a, a nurse practitioner to actually certify people. So I paid the $200, did all of this stuff, passed the course, and then I couldn't certify you people. You couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> right? So... Um, Literally, it was God. My 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 wife. She was uh going to work one morning, and uh, we had a, we had a house, a little apartment in Hollis. And she called me. She said, "Hey, they're making a medical dispensary on on Jamaica Avenue." So I said, "Medical dispensary, Jamaica yeah. Avenue? They can't do that in my neighborhood." You know, I'm very like pro black. You know what I mean? And um and I'm an advocate for marijuana because when I was really young, I got arrested you know, for a nickel bag of marijuana, just coming home from work and it's in my pocket. Like they searched me and found a nickel bag and then I got arrested for a nickel bag of marijuana. So like that was a problem that they was making a dispensary in my neighborhood and I didn't know about it, right? (laughs) Period. So um, I went up to this place immediately and I, and, um, I saw a guy was dressed nicely, you know, slacks, shoes, everything. And I told him that I had just took this course. And he was like, oh, wow, really? I have a spot in Brooklyn. And, um, you know, follow me. So I followed him to Brooklyn. He gave me the keys to the location the uh, very first day and told me to run the spot in Brooklyn. 
Um, so that's how I kind of like got into Brooklyn and it was in Brownsville. It was in Brownsville. I was in the, I was in the roughest place. <laughs> I was on, uh, Glenmore Avenue. Glenmore. Bro, I'm, getting, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting, um, um, MOP vibes when you, when yeah, you say Brownsville yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah, it was real. So, um, you know, I went to Brownsville the first day, um, I was there, the, the marshals came and shut off the lights, man. So. I'm like, what's going on? Like, you know, the business must be a little funny or something, right? So um, I'm like, you know, doing that. And I helped him certify a couple of people, but he wanted to charge people of color, people in my neighborhood, minority people, $350, $270, $500, astronomical prices for them to get the medical marijuana card. Yeah. So, you know, that's illegal. And um, also, like, that's just not right. Like, on a moral standpoint, if someone needs medicine, they need help. Why would you charge them like all of these different prices, right? Yeah. So, um, so I, I I wound up calling my mom, you know, and uh, a couple other people in my family, and uh, we actually know a couple doctors, you know, that are, that are, that are family friends, you know. Thank thankful to my aunt Helen and people of Howard University that I know. Um, so I was able to um, get some doctors um, that wanted to certify. Some of them didn't know the program, so I had to teach them how to pass the course, yeah. you know? Um, so, you know, that's how I, how I got in. And then I just started certifying people through my own doctors in that location um, and just doing it way more professional. You know what I mean? Uh, up until like, you know, they kind of kicked me out. And uh, <laughs> cause they, they wanted to raise the rent. They wanted to raise the rent about 3,500 bucks. And uh, mm. that's not conducive when the, uh, when the, the deli next door, you know, you know, Ock is paying 1,500, you know, a month for rent. Um, you know, and he's getting, you know, Medicaid, he getting the food stamp money, lottery, all of that. And he paying 1500. You want this black man to pay 3,500. I'm sorry. I got to go. So, um, you know, that's what the weed money, man. I'm trying to tell you, people be smelling weed on you or they think it's about to be a weed business. They running up all the numbers. (laughs) I think, I think that's what it was too. Um, so, so, um, you know, when that happened or whatever, um, I was just like, all right, let me go to Dumbo. Wanted to find a nice location in Dumbo and um, took some of my customers and members that already had certified with me over here. Um, so since then, I've grown over to over uh, over 380 members. Um, you know what I mean? And uh, I'm just certifying people left and right, trying to help people get their medical marijuana card. And um, not only do I do that, though, we do chronic care management too. So like, you know, if you need medical supplies, if you need prescription medicine, if you need a new doctor, a PCP, urologist, gynecologist, um, you know, a chiropractor, whatever type of medical assistance you need, NY Cannabis provides and, you know, through cannabis, you know, it's pain management through cannabis is what I mainly focus on. Yeah, well, that's important, man. Especially in the communities that you serve, like we 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 live in communities um, that that you know we it's often hard to get good access to healthcare. And like you had mentioned, when you can get it, specifically when we're talking about medical marijuana here, when you can get it, you're running the risk of running to somebody who's trying to gouge you out of price, you know, saying out of house and home just to simply get this product. So I think it's very important what you're doing as far as trying to give people a, a, a level playing field as far as access, and then helping people of color get involved here, especially doctors. Doctors, bro, like it's so hard to find black doctors who can actually help somebody or give somebody information on medical marijuana. Like, how hard is it even finding those doctors who are believing in the cause and believing and believing in, in medical cannabis enough that they say that you know help uh, register me so I can start let, um, educating people on my side. 
Well, most doctors, to be honest, um, they don't like cannabis. Like yeah. it's not, um, it doesn't run well with them. You know, I mean, and to be honest, there's a lot of back end stuff with that. Like, all right, cannabis has been villainized, right, for years. This is right, but now on a medical side, it's not as profitable for the doctor, right, to send a person um, to tell a person about cannabis, which is an alternative drug that may manage their pain. Good, right? They're not gonna pro they're not gonna make any money off that. You're not gonna see any kickbacks, anything. But now, if they, uh, you know, have a meeting, which they do on top of rooftops. And um, they go and say, you know, they have a, a suboxone that they want you to, to send out that's non-generic. So now at the end of the year, you know, a doctor may send out a thousand prescriptions for suboxones. Then at the end of the year, he receives, uh, you know, compensation for that. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It may, seem, it may be a kickback. It may seem illegal, but they may have a contract with this company. You know what I mean? And, and they may be an employee of this company where, where it makes more sense. It's a little bit more deeper when it comes to that, and then, but then on the when it comes to black doctors, they just look at cannabis like, ugh, because yeah. you know they didn't get their PhD off of cannabis. Yeah, you know what I mean. They wasn't in how they wasn't you know smoking weed, and they didn't get to where they got smoking weed. They had to look at weed as if it was the worst thing in the world. They had to look at black people in the hood that smoke weed. As, it, as, as if they were the worst people in the world so that they can get to where they are. Yeah. Like those doctors, for them to rub shoulders how they do, not all of them, but a, a lot of them, you know what I mean? For them to rub shoulders how they do to have their own practices and, and things of that nature in certain areas like Park Slope or, or if it's in Manhattan or, or, you know, in these nice areas, they had to rub shoulders with people that weren't our color yeah. for them to get there. Yeah. So, so, so naturally, for them to, to get there, for them to do that, um, you know, they got to villainize brothers like me and you, you know what I mean, that, that, that love cannabis, or maybe your mom that, that used it for pain management. And they're going to say, oh, no, she don't need that cannabis. She just want to smoke it. Yeah. But really and truly, she's going to give your mother ibuprofen or oxycodone, which is going to damage her liver. You know what I mean? Bring her to, you know, it's going to just cause so much damage. And I'm not even talking about the physical damage on your organs. Now, these drugs have a mental damage, too. Yeah, like, you yeah. can't take Xanax and oxycodone and be a regular person. This is like synthetic heroin. Yeah. So when you take these drugs and then you go back into NYCHA or into Brownsville, wherever if you live in a brownstone, wherever you live, but you're black, what does that do? Even if you're white and you're taking these drugs, what does it do to you? You're mental. You yell at your kids. Your kid walks outside. He smokes weed. He gets arrested. It's all like a system. You get what I'm saying? From the rooter to the tutor. And um, this is all. This is all the stuff that I want to preach. You know what I mean to my people and for them to like understand what's really going on. Cannabis is the gateway to freedom yeah. and to happiness, not the gateway drug to kill you. Like mm -hmm. cannabis didn't tell you to smoke crack. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. That, that, that never happened. But it's more a generational thing. Like, I speak often on my podcast how um, in my own household, like between, from my mother to me to my nephew, those mm -hmm. are three drastic different ways of looking at, at, at cannabis consumption and, and cannabis use on all levels. You know, my mm -hmm. mother's from an era where, where like in most, people, most people's mothers and grandmothers, she's all the way against this. Anti, I don't want to do it. You know, I, I, I'm hearing the news reports, but it's not me. 
I came up, you know what I'm saying? I remember I, I learned how to roll a blunt listening to Red Man's How to Roll a Blunt. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> my, whole, my whole life was, I don't give a shit about weed. And my nephew's 21, all you know is black presidents and legal weed. You know what I'm saying? So that's three different generations that you gotta kind of school on. And I feel like you're kind of at the you're kind of at the in in that area yourself when dealing with doctors and dealing with older generations. It's a it's a it's almost like you got to convince them that this is good and then convince them why they should do it. And then you know it's a, it's levels of convincing you got to keep doing. Well, I just I just did that. I do it every day, but I just did it yesterday. Um, there was a there was a woman you know over her fifties in here with her daughter, and um, when she was in here, she said I told her she seen my office. And she see how I dress, she see, she said, I see all these kids talking about cannabis. Like when I grew up, it was so bad. You can't like tell me what's so good about cannabis. Like she said, my, my, my daughter and her fiance, they try to smoke it in my house. I told them to get out. <laughs> I said, I said, really? She said, yeah, and they pay rent. I said, so they pay rent and you kicked them out because they smoke. Did you ask them why they smoke? Like, why are they smoking? Is it because of stress? Is it because of pain? Is it for pleasure? Like, why? what is the root of this smoking, right? And then I said, also, like, where do you work at? She said, I work for the MTA. I work for transit. You know we can't smoke. So I have a lot of members that used to work in transit, some that do, that actually transit actually paid for the medical marijuana card. But that's due to, like, real serious injuries, right? Now, when I, I broke it down to her, I said, miss, how are you? Um, I said, she said, uh, she said, yeah, 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 addicted. What's this addiction thing with weed? I said, you know, anybody can get addicted to anything. Yes, there are people that are addicted to marijuana, right? It's called cannabis use disorder. Like they just want to just smoke after they eat, smoke before they eat, smoke then. Smoke. It's just like, it's a thing. They just have to do it, right? And that's not good. So we want to get to the root of that problem. Why are, why are they doing that, right? But I said, miss, you have a coffee right here on the table, you're addicted to that coffee. So how are you going to judge your daughter and her fiance, right, for smoking weed when you drinking coffee? People don't never think about that coffee. Like you'll have somebody tell you straight to your face and I'm not a coffee drinker. Don't talk to me until I drink my coffee. That's an addiction, bro. <laughs> like I don't know how else to chop it up to you. And coffee is bad for your teeth. Yeah. You know, it makes you erratic. You know, there's a lot of things, but you you got a cup. And she said, no, I, I, I didn't even drink the whole cup. I just got to sit there. It's just for a taste. I said, that's the same thing with weed smokers. Mm -hmm. Some of them just don't even want to get high. Some just want to roll up and take that first pull. Mm -hmm. It's real, so man. So who are you to judge? You are not God. Right? Now, when I broke it down like that, because I'm a godly man, I'm a God-fearing man. You know what I mean? When I broke it down to her like that, she had nothing to say. Because who are you to judge, even though you are the parent? Just because you grew up a certain way. But now look at me. I have two offices in Dumbo, and I take care of my family. So how can, you, you, you definitely can't talk about me with, with, with cannabis. Yeah, you're not the lazy stoner. You're not, you're, not, you're not the stereotype, basically. Exactly. But then her little daughter was there, and I told her, I said, but if you see a brother on the street every day in your neighborhood, smoking weed every day, Every second, you need to stay far away from that young man because <laughs> he's not productive. Maybe you can help him out, figure out his mental, mental psyche, like see what's going on. But that's not the type of person you want to hang around. You, you know what I mean? 
or like you say, see what, see why he's doing it. You know, I, I have right. a conversation like I, I look on, uh, look at somebody like Chief Keith, the rapper Chief Keith. I watch how Chief Keith consumes, and I always, I chalk that up to a PTSD situation. You know, what I mean, like you grow up in, a, in an environment like that where where you hear constant violence or you constantly viewing violence, you're gonna find ways to cope. And how some people use alcohol and pills, I feel some people use weed. You know, what I mean, especially if it's mm -hmm. the closest thing to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean. You know, and especially, but Chief Keith, I'm happy. I'm happy you brought that up. Us, me and you, we can't refer to these celebrities as examples of smoking cannabis. Okay. The reason why is because they are not the everyday person, not anymore. Chief Keith has millions of dollars. He lives in a big home. Yes, he has PTSD. A lot of his friends have been killed due to gang violence and rap and things of that of his success. And that's the part of the reason why he does smoke. Yes, true. But however, Chief Keep has the luxury to be able to smoke all day and play video games in his house. The kid that we're talking to right now does not have the luxury to sit in his mother's house and smoke weed all day and play video games. I am not promoting that. I am yeah. not promoting that. You, you, are correct. I think it's, a, I think it's a good take that you have to take it. Um, you have to take each, each, each example, um, individually. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you say, like you, like you say, there's one end. You mean they, they both, they might both have the same issues, but there's, mm -hmm. they're handling it in two different ways. And one way isn't necessarily a positive way, especially if you don't have resources or options to do anything else. Exactly. So I, do, I do agree with you. I do agree exactly, with you. Exactly. So, so I just want that to be said because, especially on, you know, brothers gotta know where we going yeah and we're yeah. going in a positive direction only and any brother that's not in this direction is out of the whip yeah 100 percent. yeah let's talk about covid man um covid shut down new york heavy you know there was there was, there was times man i was even worried about the city like how how it was going to come out of it but it's looking like y'all y'all pulling together fairly decently man but i know it did affect business for the most part and it still is um how are you surviving through covid and how has covid kind of affected your business or if it if it has affected your business um, I'm going to be com completely honest. COVID has, um, affected my business in, in, in two ways. Um, one way has been like really sad, right? Because, um, I see a lot of people that, that have got sick. A lot of people have called in my neighborhood that have got sick. A lot of people that have lost their job. Um, a lot of people that were, you know, mentally stable, they seem mentally stable at one point and then, you know, checks stop coming in and they're a whole different person. They have a whole new outlook on life. And that's what makes things like a little sad for me. Um, on, on, but then again, it is, it is positive too, because a lot of these people are coming in more and more now to use cannabis, to find out about CBD, to get their medical marijuana card. So, so business has, um, been 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 very well during these times but at the same time um i feel bad for a lot of people's mental stability right now during these times um it has affected me in, in a positive way i would say it affected me in, in, in a positive way i get to talk to a lot of a lot of more people now i mean a lot more people now um you know i get to educate more people now i mean i, I like it in that way um, I get to speak to more people, but it's just sad because I hear a lot of like, you know, crazy stories being that COVID has happened, you know, like, you know, even though my business may be doing well, you know, people are not doing well. So that doesn't make 
me happy. You know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm only here to help the people. You know what I mean? Now, and my business doing well, I'm only here to help the people even more. You know, I'm, I'm very transparent with my business. So, you know, I let people know where their dollars are going, you know? Well, it's, it's, it's definitely needed, man. I know, again, COVID has, has definitely hit hit businesses, especially small businesses, very hard. You know what I mean? So anybody who's surviving right now or still being able to go go through, you know, I definitely want to salute them and salute you, salute you in particular since we are in line. You are maintaining in a space where a lot of people aren't maintaining, and that's a, that's a blessing. Well, and then, I mean, here's another thing. Another, another space that I like to honestly provide is that um, people get education here. You know, um, if you want to know anything about anything cannabis related, you can come to me and ask, whether it be about, um, you know, tinctures or CBD, you know, percentage levels, um, whether it comes to how to grow a plant, um, you know, how to, you know, ingest edibles. Uh, like It's a lot of different things that people come here to talk about. And um, also, you know, I, I would like to call myself you know, like a therapist, you know what I mean? Um, a, a lot of people come here, women of all ages, you know, from 18 to 67 years old. And they sit right in front of me, they may be at 35, 40 minutes an hour and just venting, you know? Um, black men, they come here to vent, you know? Um, and I'm here for that, you know what I mean? I, I have that space for people to do that because I don't want you to just come in and get some CBD and smoke your head out. You know what I mean? And, and, and that's it. You know, I want you to, I want to talk to you. I want to see if maybe, you know, maybe you could, if you want to smoke some CBD, fine, but you know, let's get to the root of that problem. Like let, let, let's get to the root of that problem. You know what I mean? Come back here. You know, <laughs> I, you know, I love to talk to my people, you know? Yeah, solid, man. Solid. It sounds like you're doing you're doing amazing work, man. I pray that you keep doing that work for the next couple of decades. Um, what do you see as the future of the cannabis community and the future of cannabis in New York overall? Like, do you see uh, legalization, decriminalization? Do you see things like that happening on a wider scale in New York? And also, speaking speaking of that, you know, just piggyback off that, speaking about the city of New York in itself. New York itself was always hard when it came to crimes of, of cannabis. You know what I'm saying? They've always been hard when it came to arrests. They've always been hard when it came to stuff like that. What's it like seeing New York have to adapt to, you know, saying weed now becoming something that people are going to be able to purchase, just deal with, and you're going to have to, it's no longer low-hanging fruit for you. So I just take on first first one to discuss um, what you feel like the future of, of cannabis is in New York, like as far as um, laws, legalization and, and decriminalization, things um, like that, do, and talk about the city. Okay, um, I don't know if it's totally gonna be legal right now mm -hmm. um, for recreational use because it's very profitable. Um, while it's medicinal and not recreational for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, especially for the NYPD and things of that nature, because probable cause, you know, is a thing. So, you know, if they pull you over, your car smells like weed or you smell like weed, you know, it's ways for arrest. It's, it's a lot of crazy things. Um, so I don't think 100% um, it will be legal recreational because of like a lot of the back end stuff. But however, like within like the next five years, maybe like five to seven years, I can see it being legal recreational, mm -hmm. um, but just not like within the next two to three years. Like I don't really see that happening in the next two to three years, maybe in the next five to seven. 
but but not in the next two to three. That's what's up. Well, I hope I hope it goes legal soon because like I was saying about the city part, I would love to be able to pull up in the city and legally purchase some weed and know that a cop ain't gonna trip on me. Like I'd love to, you know, shout out to Branson. I would have loved that if Branson was still popping right now. I'd love to be able to pull up to a Branson shop and just be no, able to. No, you can. No, you can. You can. Those are available for medical marijuana card holders. Yeah. For those 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 type of places are available. Um, and you can purchase cannabis in New York and not get arrested and not be worried about it. However, you just cannot be smoking cannabis on the street. You can't be smoking cannabis in your car. You have to treat it like it's drinking and like it's drink, like it's alcohol. You know what I mean? You can't have an open container. You can't have a lit blunt. Or you know what I mean? You can't you can't have a bowl in your pocket that's that's lit. You know what I mean? You you, you can't do that. However, in the privacy of your home or on your property or your friend's property, things of that nature. You can use cannabis very freely. You won't get a ticket. You won't get arrested. As long as you're a medical marijuana card holder, you know, you can have up to, you know, two ounces on you, you know, a day. That's what's up, man. All right. So um, before we get out of here, let people know how they can learn more about um, just yourself, um, learning more about NY Cannabis, and possibly if they're in the city and they, and they are interested in trying to get registered, um, how you could possibly help them or how they can get some help from you. Okay. So um, I'm located in Dumbo, Brooklyn, uh, 147 Front Street. Um, if, you're, if you're ever in Brooklyn, my name is Omari Lee. If you want to give me a call about medical marijuana cards, uh, my number is 347-757-1766. Uh, my Instagram is at N-Y-C-A-N-N-A-M-E-D-S underscore. Um, so that's at N-Y-Canameds underscore. That's my Instagram. If you want to DM me or call me or shoot me a text or anything you want to do any questions you have you can reach me directly um at those spaces um right now i'm working on um building uh you know, i have a cannabis health club here that's why i'm at right now um but right now i have another location upstairs where i'm building like the full club for the members that's lit man yo so when i'm in new york man, i'm gonna try to pull up on you man see if we can go get get a chance to check out some of your some of your spaces um eye to eye man so i can see it with myself yeah, check me out. It's going to be real like Dumbo House, Soho House vibe. <laughs> really nice. Really nice. Salute you, brother, man. I appreciate you. You're doing a great, amazing work. And like I say, man, all blessings going to you. I hope, I hope you can continue this for decades going on. Um, thank, thank you again for coming through, Amari. Thank you, Mr. Gannon. It was nice speaking to you, man. No doubt. And that's Cash Color Canvas, a high level of conversation. We out. <laughs>